<laughs> and welcome to Box Not Included, the sh- the lesson. No, I've I've messed this up. The show looking at geek culture and the media we love and love from a queer perspective. I'm Hamish. My geode must be acknowledged, Steel. And I am Jade, form captain and pride of Sherwood Rose. <laughs> and if you couldn't guess. Uh, we're back to school today. Yay! With some beautifully unexpected and creative foley work there from Mr. Steele. Did it sound like a school bell or did it sound like a strange, distressed bird? Both? Well. Mm. Um, after the delight that was our getting to know your podcast hosts, we thought it was high time for us to stop asking each other questions, for new guys to ask us questions. It's No Box Vox Pop. Yes, and we actually got a fair few questions, even though we asked for questions at very last minute. Um, We know you guys thrive under the pressure. Yes, and thrive under a theme. Yes. Um, So I thought, it's September, people are going back to school. We're going to go back, back, back to school. Grease 2. Uh, you can't do the finger. You can't see the finger guns are just Hamish just do, but it was very. I feel very jazzed. Okay, uh, <laughs> I don't need. I, I can sense the sarcasm. Um, <laughs> Look, it's very hard to tell with me sometimes. I'm not even sure most of the time. Well, I think we should start with some of our questions. We got a. Uh, I, I've arranged them in an order that kind of makes sense based on how broad they start. Because okay. don't, we don't know much about each other's school life. No, what with the fact that I am very old and you are not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to regale me about stories about chalk, flint, yeah. uh, table things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I obviously went to a cyber school <clears throat> p- purely online. <laughs> I went back to my school. mm and there was a sign on a classroom wall which freaked me out, which is, remember to bring your tablet to every class. Whoa. I was like, what? The future is here. I wasn't allowed to bring my phone to school. Yep. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. We have a question from Alex mm-hmm. via email. Yeah. And I put this one first because it says, if it's okay to ask, what were both of your experiences like throughout school? Um... There's some more questions afterwards, but I yeah. think that's... Well, I also, judging by... Because I figured back to school, because I know in America, school saying back to school can also refer to university. Yeah. And my experiences of, like, primary school versus secondary slash high school versus university were all very different from each other in a lot of ways. Yeah, same. Primary school I adored in a lot of ways, but I was also very bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to quite a small school. Actually, amusingly enough, it's just across the road from where I currently live. So Is hey, that your school? That's the primary school oh, I went wow. to. Yeah, so it's a lot bigger now than it mm. was when I went there. Well, uh, surely it's a lot smaller as well. <laughs> look, I went there to visit, well, and I had to use one of the bathrooms, and I'm just like... The loos and sinks are so close to the ground. (laughs) But that's neither here nor there. Um, So primary school, I sort of look back on with this both nostalgia and just sort of sadness because also, like, I I lost my best friend at primary school. Um, Secondary school, I've obviously got a lot more memories of. And the school I went to was a good school in a lot of ways. Uh, I went to an all-girls school. Uh, up until A-levels, then I went to a mixed sixth form. 
apologies for people listening to this with no context of what a sixth form is. I'm not going to bore people who <laughs> by going into the, sp- the particulars of the English. Hey, Google exists. It does exist. Check it out. It's your friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, again, maybe looking back on some choices I made, perhaps I'd do it differently. Um, I also think it kind of skewed some of my perceptions about what it means to do well. But that's grammar school mentality for you. University, I adored. And would, if I could, would go back. Mm. I loved the environment. I loved being around people wanting to learn and the sort of creativity that sort of thrived there. But I also thought I maybe didn't make the most of it. So I know that's sort of a general sort of thing. just like, for the most part, very positive. But I was like bullied at primary school. I felt very isolated a lot at secondary school and at university I struggled with uh, depression quite a lot and looking back I was in a relationship that was emotionally abusive and toxic. So I have like <laughs> quite a lot on both sides of the scales on that one. So. I I think my experiences are fairly similar. I, I did get bullied but I look... I have this really bad like looking back and wishing I could teleport and do it again. Yeah. I I love the structure of school and knowing what to do. Yep. Um there's I a comfort oft- to that. Yeah, I often like I got really bad and lazy with doing homework and I'd almost do all of it in the lunch break before because mm. you know, I I wasn't hanging yeah. out with many friends anyway. Yeah. No, um, I have a brain that thrives on routine like Yeah, I remember as soon as I got out of university, I really freaked out the Same. idea of just not having projects mm-hmm. and things to work towards. Yeah. Um I got bullied by girls a lot. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of my experience was getting bullied by girls and being too embarrassed to complain because of yeah, gender. But I have this very distinct memory about being surrounded by girls from the year above uh-huh. and them teasing me and then me pushing one to get out of the circle yeah. uh-huh. and then being taken to an office about hitting girls oh wow and yeah men have it bad too uh no, <laughs> that's not what i'm saying it's just that i had a I had a kind of up and down time and yet i kind of really wish i could go back i wish i could go back into school with my current brain and do everything perfectly and understand yeah. everything mm-hmm. and realize how little certain things mattered and yeah how, hindsight know. man yeah. Um, next part of this question is, any helpful tips for making friends? We are possibly the wrong people <laughs> to ask this kind of question to. Um, I was a lonely person. Yeah, I mean, I just said that I spent my lunch breaks doing my homework because... I spent mine mostly alone because people didn't want to hang out with me. Yeah, I mean... I'd find clubs Yeah. about things that interest you because then you at least have the common interest to start a conversation with. I regret not trying harder to get better at social interactions. Mm, I feel like that. I wish that was a big part of school. Like you know, getting to know your exercise don't really work, but I think yeah. actually putting some time into mm-hmm. teaching people a bit more of like how to make friends. Yeah. It's not an element of school, it's just a sure. thing. I mean when I think about the people who are uh, there was the girl the other girls for a very weird post sort of <laughs> coming out mm. to say other girls. You should go back as a at a reunion and go like, ha, joke's on you, <laughs> not an all-girls school. Yeah. Um, but, like, the girls who got the same train I did, 
I mm. would speak to a lot, but I always felt that that was just forced proximity. Um, it's the... so easy to make friends for some people. Mm. Um, some people in school are just, like, friends some... of everyone. Yeah, I admire people who are, like, naturally charismatic and things like that. The people I am still friends with from secondary school um, are one girl who was in my form group, so we were in the same registration and, like, for a couple of years, same English groups and same technology sets because of the way our year was divided up. Uh, we were in a lot of classes together and we had quite similar personalities and we became friends. Mm-hmm. I have one. Uh, we were both sort of weirdos. And when we finally started having a class together, we sort of gravitated towards each other, which is cool. And then um, my friend that I'm really sort of friends with, with sixth form, I was colouring in my planner my timetable and I asked if I could borrow her colouring pencils and a friendship was born because she thought my eyes were cool because she noticed my heterochromia. (laughs) On reflection, it was very gay. My friends, uh, we were definitely not the cool kids Um, and there wasn't, it was like three people maybe Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if I was that in the group either yeah it was kind of vague i i could see them i could not see them for like a week or two and no one would have really noticed sure the thing that makes me a bit bitter is Uh that learning all the queer people that were in my sort of school Mm -hmm. after we've been and we all come and come out yeah just the amount of like we could have bonding we could have done yeah is because i can't i we're getting to. This is going to be quite a personal episode, I think. Yeah. Uh, there's sort of like two semi close to maybe being relationship things I could have done. Yeah. At uni, no, no, at school, um, but they were so filled of like shame and weird, toxic stuff that like. Yeah. They were very antagonistic. Mm-hmm. And very strange. Um, I would say about tips for making friends, and this sounds really half-hearted and it gets bettery but there seems to be pressure of like making friends for life but yeah so for example i've been married for three i should know this about three years and none of the people that i consider my closest friends now came to my wedding Mm -hmm. um that was filled with like obligation-y school people yeah and family friends and that's when Hamish's I, way of apologising for the fact that I wasn't at his wedding. <laughs> it's my way of saying that when I when I left uni, I lived with uh, Mel, who's been on the show, um, and they have a really tight, quite big group of friends, and Mel's very good at sort of compartmentalising her different groups. Yeah. Um, and I got quite sad thinking, I don't really have that. I don't feel like I have friends. Like, even uni, I made some friends, but none of them were super close. And it's just, it's never too late to make new friends. No, most of the people I'm close to now, I have a couple of people who are friends from school. And that's literally because we... But the thing is, I didn't go to the same sixth form as them. We may be kept in contact with the odd email. It's post-university that we sort of became... Yeah. Basically, what we're saying is, you don't live or die by the friends you make at school or at university. Sometimes you make an ama- amazing friendships and sometimes they only last as long as the school and that's okay. People that, come and go out of your life. You know that Saturday Night Live sensitive boys and wells yeah. thing? There's a line in that always st- sticks with me, which is 
some kids just sort of wait for adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> and I think about that with Lisa Simpson. They talk yeah. about that as a part of her character. That sounds like really sad, but I just, I think mm. it's quite hard to make super close friends if you haven't kind of worked yourself out yet. Yeah. But I'd say, yeah, all that said, don't put that pressure on yourself. <laughs> However, things like clubs, I think are better now yes. as well. It's also a lot better, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to, yeah. The re- I think part of the thing is that I was very closeted. Yeah. So I felt like a different person. So uh-huh. I made friends. The friends that person made, I don't quite know them yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still meet up, and we don't. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> we still, you know, s- send each other invites to our weddings because we kind of yeah. should. Um, but when they came up, when they came to my wedding, mm. it was like meeting them for the first time again. Yeah, I said, it's... "Hey, we've never discussed the fact that I'm gay. Here's yeah. my husband." <laughs> yeah. Um, Sure. Yeah, um, I think it get, gets better. Um, the next question is where to sit on the first day of class, and it's making me think... I'm not the person to ask this, because I purposely sat near the front, which is one of the things you're not meant to do, but I tell you what, if you sit near the front, but slightly off to one side, you look like you're re- really eager and attentive, and people say, oh, the teacher can see what you're doing, you can't get away with anything. They think that you're a good student if you sit at the front. Also, it's making me think that... Uh, we were talking earlier that maybe some of our listeners are quite young or yeah. are still in school. Um, I have no idea what to suggest because <laughs> some like, some teachers have got like rules about where you sit and things like and that. And I just think schools are so different now. Yeah. I wouldn't know. We um, are a bit past it in this regard. Um, I would say... Sit where you can see. Sit where you want to sit. Yeah. There's not, literally no right or wrong. There's... Mm. No, there's probably there's probably always going to be associations about certain places, um, the connotations. Personally, I have no interest in sitting at the back. I never was that kind of kid. I'm not that kind of adult. I like to be able to see and hear properly, but I have problems with processing. So... My thing is that a lot of school is thinking everyone is thinking about you. Most yeah, everyone's thinking, thinking about, about themselves. Yeah. So you, if you are panicking about where to sit, you are probably not everyone anyone. else's. Yeah. And are more concerned about <laughs> being read of where they're sitting than yeah. you are. Um, any funny stories about things that happen in class? Uh, I had a teacher who had a chokey. <laughs> legit? <laughs> sort of. She was a cool teacher, okay. although I later felt weird about her for a different reason. We found... Mm, I'll tell you, this is... Okay, let's tell the story. So as a teacher, he was. she was everyone's favourite teacher... Beautiful, perfect, lovely, Miss Honey type teacher. She. What did she teach? This was quite young, so she was just like a general okay. uh, teacher. Yeah. Um, she had a, a like a you like a clo- a cupboard closet in her mm-hmm. room, which she called the chokey, and people would go in there as a punishment, but it was really fun. Okay. To be like to go in the yeah. it, it was so the tone was so like yeah, we I, all I'm love Matilda you. right yeah put you in the chokey and you'd find it really funny because you weren't doing class and you were in a dark clo- closet it'd be for like a minute mm-hmm. um, we all loved her then we when someone else in our class's mother died and one or two months later this teacher married the oh, husband okay and then as i've grown up i've realized huh it was a bit weird how whenever i went over to that friend's house and saw uh 
his mum going through chemo, but our teacher was there as well, you know, cooking and being friendly with the... And we later realised that, like, for the last few months of this mm. woman's life, she was watching her husband have an affair. Sorry, this is really personal. I've not said any names. Yeah. But, like, Jesus. Jesus. And it's like one of those things where you're like... I'm going to rewrite that to be, like, a really happy triad relationship in I my know. head. I like... I always thought of her as happy, and it's just maybe it was, but when you when you kind of grow what up, what a nice adult perspective on things. Yeah, and you're like, oh yeah. I, I, the only reason I remember this, um, I'm going to call her Miss Steele because she's not, but I don't want to say oh. her name. But I was growing, I was. You so know, you gave her your name. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but like <laughs> I had grown up a bit, and yeah. I was saying to my mum, like, oh, I remember Miss Steele? She's amazing. And I went, uh, and I went, what? what? Oh. oh. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> that's kind of amazing. So that's that's not really relevant to the question, no, um, but we're being nostalgic. Funny things that happen in class, like there's always like the uh I always know like stories about things that happen in other classes. I can never really clearly remember anything in particular past sort of general casual destruction of property <laughs> and things like that. And like that time a girl fell out of a second story window. Oh my god! She was literally sat on the windowsill and fell backwards. <laughs> she was fine. She hit like damp grass and bounced. <laughs> but yeah, because she was laughing so hard, she let go of the windowsill and just toppled out. We um. So that was sort of somebody. That was one of the train girls. <laughs> so I knew her. Yeah, I've got loads of stories, but maybe I'll. Yeah. Save them for next September. The thing is, it's one of those things, like, you remember fondly. It's it's kind of amazing. Like, I just... The thing I regret is how awful my classes were. Like, mm. we were so disrespectful. Yeah. And I wish that we had a teacher who was a genius, and she'd written books and books about the very interesting thing that people still don't really understand is how... Children go from knowing no words and so quickly to having language. Language. She's written so many things about that, how it just kind of slots in, and that mm. like maybe there's actually something kind of genetically in our brains where we have like words there ready to go and all this interesting stuff that no one quite understands. And we would like not listen and be destructive and yeah. be annoying. And it's just kids are kids. That's why I like university because everyone's there in theory yeah. to learn. Yeah. Um, Alex asked one last question. I also kind of want to ask about dating while in high school. Being an LGBT community, I've noticed it's not something that happens often and would love to know your thoughts on that. Uh, as I said before, I went to an all-girls school. And if you voiced any kind of inclination that you might be attracted to one of your classmates or... Um, or yeah, no, it was seen as a... You didn't. Mm. Um, lots of girls talked about their boyfriends outside of school. I wasn't interested in dating anybody. Um, but it was very much a... And I'd like, to, I'd like to say, and things are better now, which sounds like such a wanky thing to say, but for the sake of explicitly stating on this podcast how old I am... I was in secondary school from 1997 to 2004. Mm -hmm. That's a long time ago. Like, that was 20 years ago I yeah. started secondary school. Section 28 was still in place when I was at secondary school. 
I can't. I'm going to check exactly because I know there was a lot of talk about that recently. Um, I'm going to click. What is that for our oh, yeah. listeners that might not know? I'm just quickly. This is the uh, googling part of the podcast where we find out all the things we should know. Yeah, uh, section 28 or clause 28. Um, was a local government act that was put in place in 1986. It affected England, Wales and Scotland. Um, it was enacted in 1988 and stated that a local authority shall not intentionally promote homosexuality or publish material with the intention of promoting homosexuality or promote the teaching in any maintained school of the acceptability of homosexuality as a pretended family relationship. And reading that just made me want to say things. 1986, so was that as a Thatcher? Yes. Yeah, that was when it was added. It was added to Section 2A. That was put into action in 1988. That was repealed in Scotland in the year 2000. So and in the... 2003, in the rest of the UK, what that meant was your teacher couldn't tell you it was okay to be gay. Yeah, that was illegal. It was illegal for a teacher but to say anything. That came up uh, with Thatcher during sort of the start of or mid-AIDS mm-hmm. crisis. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, this big scary thing that we might benefit from understanding more. And... Oh, see, this is really interesting to me because, like, there were support groups in schools and colleges that had to be closed. This is one of the interesting things I found throughout history, and I hear it a lot during Sawbones, yeah. um, a medical history podcast you convinced me to listen to, which is not as gruesome as I thought it would be, where sometimes sometimes things long ago were better. Not all the time. Obviously, I still mm. try and, believe it or not, I do think we live in the best possible time to be alive for a lot of reasons. Mm. Um, but stuff like, like the Victorians ruined a lot of things, like, and often Western views and societies were a lot of the reason why things went backwards yeah. um, in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, to state no prosecution apparently was ever brought under this provision, but its existence caused many groups to close or limit their activities or self-censor. So that was the environment that I was. <laughs> we, oh, sorry, we went to school at a. You know, I know you like to say how old you are, but <laughs> yeah. uh, a few years apart. But in those few years, I think we went from accepting that you couldn't talk about this stuff mm-hmm. to. Because I was, I I think of my time in school as a very transitional period. I was aware of lots of injustices and unfairness happening at school. Yeah. I was quite I was a well-behaved kid, but I was quite uh I was a so, I was a social justice warrior at school in a yeah. way, but in really petty ways. I would be really I'd I we had a school magazine and I published an article basically damning the PSE lessons. All right. For being unqualified people sticking on a video and teaching the most important thing we could be learning at school with no like I said how old were you when you broke this 14 15 oh the righteous youth of Hamish and I was just saying like you know I do know when uh the city of Aleppo was invaded by the crusaders what I don't know is all of these things that are actually going to affect me as soon as I leave school or already um I remember asking this was a very brave thing for me to do because I was very closeted. So I was, I think I must have toned it very yeah. much. For anyone in the room this may concern, yeah. 
I asked a question in an STD lesson about uh, sex between same-sex couples, and the teacher laughed and didn't answer it. Yeah. As if that's not possible. Yeah, I mean, to, to carry on with this, uh, Section 28, although it was abolished, as I said, in 2003 in England, which is where Hamish and I live, um, it, ca- it came under further attention in 2011 about uh, the stipulation that the benefits of marriage be taught in schools. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, but then there was lots of attention in the press. But there was um, academies, which is a complicated thing. Academies aren't subject to the national curriculum. Mm. Uh, uh, and the Department of Education came under greater scrutiny when LGBT activists, in terms with the British Humanist Association, identified over 40 schools whose policies either... Bear in mind, we live in a small country as well, <laughs> which doesn't sound like a lot, but... There's a lot. Uh, they found that... Uh, still, in 2011, a lot of um, sex and relationship education or personal and social health ed- health education, which is often how it's called, policies were either unhelpfully vague or they replicated the same language of Section 28. I mean, there's also the question about faith schools because mm-hmm. everyone's a little bit scared to tell them what to do for yeah. being seen as... Um, bigoted or whatever yeah but to but, to, to get back to alex's <laughs> question sorry to go off on a rant about fucking british politics we might sound like a couple of old queer people who's saying oh you got it much better today i know yeah. that's not the case uh i mean i know it's 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 case in theory in practice mm. it don't, doesn't yeah. feel like that it doesn't give you any comfort to know that yeah older people had it worse um I do think sometimes things are worse nowadays because mm. whereas our time it was kind of ignored mm. and not really mentioned, yeah. now that it's so much in the public eye, there's a lot of mm-hmm. misinformation, there's a lot of yeah. witch hunting kind mm. of... I, w- I will say, when I got to sixth form, I, um, I, don't, I don't think I knew any guys who were out, but I did know a couple of girls. Mm-hmm. And there was, I knew a, a couple of relationships. They got a lot of shit, but also everybody who was dating anybody was getting a lot of crap because teenagers are buttheads to each other. I. But but to that, yeah, I think it. <sighs> teenagers are assholes. Yeah. Everyone's hormones are up to eleven, and your behaviour is a reflection of that. Everyone is very extreme. I don't hold it against anybody who might think, you know what, I'm not going to date anybody until I am out of this mass of hormones and body spray. Mm. I mean, I love my husband. I'm Mm. very happy with him. But Mm. I sometimes get a little sad at the fact that I I met him online Mm. because I wasn't at a stage where I could, if I wanted to. Yeah date people in the real world i i couldn't meet people at school Mm -hmm. or whatever i had to i came out after i came out to everyone after i met him yeah um because in in my brain i was like well there i have proof that it's not a phase and and that doesn't that doesn't sound good when you say to my mom oh i'm dating this five years older than me man i met off a doctor who website from australia Oh, and one of the ways in which I tried to convince her it was good was emphasising that he had a good job and lots of money. Which was like, that doesn't sound good. That really sounds bad. Um, I mean, she doesn't have money. He just had more money than, like, a 19-year-old who worked at Subway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Uh. Talking about dating, I I mentioned briefly that... Mm. (sighs) It is always harder if you're in the LGBT plus community. That's just a matter of fact. There are less of you... 
So one of and the, then there is society around you. Yeah, I mean, one of the like, it's a shared experience of just like delayed teenageness. I yeah, think. Yeah, that, I think that comes up a lot with the dating scene. It's just like because you didn't get to do it when everyone else was doing it. Um, we're I, sort of like set back slightly. Yeah, I know a lot of people who sort of come out and you know their later teens or early twenties. That's when you're you're expected as a queer person to go quiet head first into the community. Suddenly, yeah. So it become an overnight activist. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's the, what's the non bad word to talk about? Someone who has a lot of sex. Someone who has a lot of sex. Yeah. Someone um, who has a lot. Somebody who enjoys sex. But someone who is sexually active. Yeah. Um, and I think I don't know. A lot of what we said is just. I don't want to. We don't want to pressure you into feeling like you have to be something you're not, no. and like match the cishet people at schools, yeah. like experiences. You don't. Um, you do things at your pace. But there's always going to be people like you mm-hmm. who have had these same experiences. Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong way. Um, one. We're going to move on to another person's question in one second. I just want to say that one of the ways in which I know things are getting slowly better is I used to go... I was so angry once I came out about mm. everything that happened in my school. So I sent an email to a teacher I trusted to say, I really want to go back and do a talk about yeah. LGBT stuff. Um, and I did that for the next three years, and it was very, very popular. And then on the fourth year, I emailed saying, oh, do you want to do it again? And they said, uh, we don't actually think that's needed because we have actual students in the school doing that talk now. That's awesome. And I thought, whoa, that's, that's not possible when I was there. That's so um, cool. I think it took someone, there's a person who I know I'm friends with, uh, I won't say their real name, but their their drag name is Carmen Monoxide, who was in the year below me, mm. who was so aggressively queer that they could not be closeted. Yeah. And they were so beloved mm. and so full of just, like, joy and energy and mm-hmm. love that I think it kind of permanently opened the school up. Yeah. And it's... That's amazing. And, like, I don't know. Anyway... I don't know if that answered anything. Yeah. But I, mean, I think this episode is mostly going to be our own experiences. Yeah. And they were quite up and down, so... Yeah. So sorry if that was utterly unhelpful, Alex. But I think it's almost more dangerous for us to act like experts. Yeah, new. No, no. um, should we move on to yeah. Charles on Facebook? Uh, yeah, Charles asked if we were aware of our queerness whilst in school. Uh, because um, I'm going to say they. Apologies, Charles, if... You object to being called they, please send us a message. I don't like to assume that Charles is he, him. Yes, I might ask for pronouns next time yeah. I ask for no box hotspot. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, they're saying they weren't aware of their queerness and finds it interesting looking back and going, oh, that explains so much. <laughs> I've definitely had some of that. I find, yeah. I find I get that more with gender stuff because I think I was just... One, I was a very late bloomer. Mm-hmm. And... To, uh, I'm very broadly queer in that my attraction has no bounds with thing petty earth things like gender. <laughs> Didn't you say that because you went to an all girls school? Yeah, you actually realised you were bi after. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I knew I, I knew I was attracted to girls, mm. and then I met 
guys my own age and was like, oh, guys too. Mm. Cool. But because I didn't really... Yeah, I suppose looking back on some of my earlier behaviour, but I was never surprised by my own sexuality. Gender came as more of a surprise because I, I, I enjoyed like playing boy characters a lot and, and things like that and enjoyed... Those, I mean, I was never sort of into t- stereotypical, quote, boy activities. Hashtag destroy gender roles. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, I do find it interesting looking back on the behaviour that I can remember. But also a lot of my behaviour is informed by the fact that I'm not neurotypical. So I find things interesting to pass through that lens. Mm. So, but yeah, no, I kind of knew that I was different in lots of ways. <laughs> so the queerness didn't really catch me by surprise. I thought I was a dis- disgusting sexual deviant yeah. uh, in a way. I thought it was a kind of weird fetish. Oh, so baby I had to Hamish. like constantly, uh, I'd sort of pictured. I told. I think I've said this on podcast before. I like worked out mathematically the like like how old I would be when my parents died, <laughs> like statistically. Mm. I mean, like, oh, that's when I can leave my wife, and it was oh. so strange. Um, and genuinely, I I actually told him this the other day. Um, my brother's university friend, mm-hmm. uh, who was out. Yeah. Um, and he lived with genuinely visiting my brother at university and seeing that not only was my brother living with him, mm. but my mum interacted with him and was friendly with him. Yeah. And we all knew. And like his boyfriend was there at the time. Yeah. Was the moment when I thought, oh, maybe possibly one day. Yeah. And I think it was only like a couple of years after that. Um, I was aware, but I wasn't aware of queerness. Yes, that makes sense. I think there's a lot more information out there and a lot more representation, which makes people... Mm. Like, when I went back and did my talk yeah. one of the years, I'd spent, like, two months talking about how Macklemore's same love was terrible and yeah. whatever. And then one of them said, well, it's like Macklemore says. And I went, oh. I mean, I wish you'd heard it from someone else, but the fact that any... That you've heard of, it at all? Yeah, any type of talking about it is so much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um we talk a lot about how Glee has ups and downs, but I remember it coming out was like a massive yeah. shift in the way that we talked about representation and with young people. Yes. Um, so it took me a while to work out what queerness was and that things were okay. Mm-hmm. And that I was part of that and not just like some strange offshoot. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of it. Like I wish I'd been aware of other people's queerness. Yeah. Like, again, we t- we mentioned earlier about finding friends, like, that community that was there, like, I know now that there are people that I went to school with who have since come out, and I was just like, oh, it- but then I-, I also have a friend of mine, it's interesting, uh, who I'm still friends with, who didn't come out because she saw how I was treated after I had said that I thought I was gay. Mm. So... It also makes me so mad that teachers are not allowed to talk about this though now yeah in a they they it is thought of as inappropriate yet i had uh, there was two teachers in my school who a straight couple who 
fell in love and invited kids to their wedding and everyone knew that they were whatever. Yeah. In an assembly that one of the teachers talked about meeting her and everyone yeah. went, ah, whereas if a teacher said that they're gay or whatever. Yeah, it, we're still living in a society where same-gender relationships and, and queerness are seen as something inherently sexual and ergo something that shouldn't be talked about in school. Yeah. And that's deeply unfair. And that's why representation, which tells you sort of the sadness and the the bad stuff about being mm. queer, is valuable in its own way, but it's so important to see real people happy. who are happy and who it's not a big deal to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. And that's very important at school. Yeah. I think. Um. Evan on Twitter asked, uh, do we think school was good for us and was it necessary? Yes. I was recently talking about this because mm-hmm. Lydia's cousins um, are homeschooled. Oh, right. And uh, they're very interesting. And mm. I think, I mean, their their mum is a teacher. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but they're like so smart and they're actually so well adjusted because um, they're not learning things for a curriculum. Yeah. I don't know about the US, but in the UK, there's a really frustrating thing where people learn how to answer the questions on an essay rather than like a broad, maybe like a, a broad pool of knowledge of the world. And uh, these two, I mean, I'm not saying this about all homeschooled kids, but the yeah. two I know vaguely through someone else. Yeah. Uh, they're very smart. They know a lot about stuff. And also because they're homeschooled, they do so many activities and clubs with other kids to make yeah. friends. Um, and I don't know. It's quite hard to think. Do you think school was good for you when... If Yeah. I, I don't can... know what the other options are. Yeah. If I... I the struggles that I had at school regardless like I needed that environment like mm. my parents wouldn't have been able to provide the kind of education that I got in school yeah and yeah I like for the most part I really like who I am as a person and school was a big part of that like from the ages of because I didn't take a gap year so from the ages of like say four to 21 mm. I was in education and yeah it was good for me, even though I have like negative stuff associated peppered throughout it. Like, for me, it was definitely a necessity. You know the episode and- of Simpsons when the teachers go on strike and this is not a Simpsons podcast. <laughs> and Lisa says, "Like, grade me, judge grade me, me, please." Ah, <laughs> um, oh, relatable. I feel a little bit like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's so much to change about school and the way it's set up. and Yeah, I don't know how I would run a school other than lots of things, but I wouldn't do that, and I wouldn't do that. I'd do uh, the last five minutes of Matilda when Miss Honey takes over school and everything is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I really resent the whole those that can't do teach gag because mm. I have been lucky enough to have some really amazing teachers. Oh, I've been, I mean, com- almost completely off topic, but... That's how we roll here at Box Not Included. We're out of the box. I've there been, is no topic. I've been very frustrated recently about the ways in which certain bodies attract employees. And I'm talking specifically about like the police. Yeah. So they really try and get people who are aggressive or 
desire power mm. and the military looks for disenfranchised youth and not people who are psychologically ready to mm-hmm. do this job. And I think the the whole sentiment of, well, you might as well do teaching is really bad because you find so many teachers who are kind of like seeking revenge for their own childhood. The snakes uh, of this yeah. world. Don't be a snake. Don't be a snake. Be a lupin. Be a, be a lupin. Be a professor be sprout. Be a beautiful, inspirational, queer yeah. <laughs> teacher. That's. I think the teachers that stick with you, and it's it's tough because I know the whole having to be separate from your kids and not too close. Yeah. Um, but the ones that really stick with me are the ones that felt like friends. Yeah. The obviously. I want everyone to have great parents, but there's still some things that you can't... Talk to your parents about. Talk to your parents about. And having people to talk to who are much older than you mm. is a very like important part of being a kid, yeah. I think. I think teachers really shape a lot. I remember seeing this great post on Tumblr, which was somebody talking about how one of their teachers was a butch woman. Yeah. And how that really made them go... Yeah. I didn't know women. I think we've got a question further down the list mm. um, about recognising other queer people. Yeah. But um, that experience, um, I had a very butch PE teacher. We've got an episode coming up on stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. Miss Lewis, Welsh, wore like tiny shorts in the wettest, coldest of days. <laughs> I really liked her and people gave me shit for liking the dyke teacher. Yeah. So, and therefore, therefore I started feeling uncomfortable about talking to her. But I think... Looking back, I think Miss Lewis knew. Yeah, I I have no idea if any of the teachers knew. That's an interesting... Yeah, I, I think I definitely had a couple of teachers that saw maybe that in me. And also because I struggled with so many things looking back. And those teachers that care. Mm. But being that kind of role model is so invaluable. And I, I hate when people shit on teach because so many people do there are people that go into teaching because it is probably the easiest thing they can do with their qualification and they can't get work otherwise but in the same way i i feel like people have kids sometimes because oh well having kids is what you do might as well have a kid some become might as well become a teacher i i I wish more people were in the position to go into teaching and i wish the fucking system supported people that want to teach like that because I feel so many people... But we're I, getting massively no, off topic. I, my brother's trying to be a teacher at the moment. Oh, right. And I think it's... He, I think he's going through the same thing probably every teacher goes through in their first year. I mean, he's just done his, like, trainee placement thing. Yeah. Of, like, I'm going to be the best teacher ever and I'm going to do all these different things and then instant just, like, the system, the amount of kids he needs to teach, the problems, and it, like, beats them down and yeah. you can... You can just feel certain teachers who I think the the ones which are most depressed are the ones that went in with the most like yeah lofty Robin Williams uh, yeah, like, yeah type. dead poet society. Like, I'm but you know I just think I like the, the teachers that have learnt to subvert the system. Yeah, the stealth ones. Um, Our social justice rogues, but <laughs> of the teaching world. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. pretty off topic. Yeah, sorry. Um, yes, good. I, for us, I think school was good and definitely necessary. Um, I'm happy to stick some of these questions in the second half, 
but we can probably do one more. Should we do one more quick one? Because I, <laughs> I don't know how much I'm going to answer this. I googled. Yeah, I googled as well. Okay, uh, Eli uh, on Facebook, on our Facebook group asked, did your school have a spirit week? If so, what were some of the things? I got very excited thinking that there was a week about ghosts. <laughs> Let me just... Pre- I do not know if any schools in the UK <laughs> do spirit week. Because when, when I looked at what spirit week was, just like about school spirit and school no that sounds very american that's yeah and that's not meant disparagingly like i think that's kind no. of a, like i think the nature of school identity it well it's just british culture to always be ashamed that's so. true that's very true um but we did i remember like i think uh my sixth form had like charity week and things like that. We had like where it was all rather than having stuff scattered out through the it was just like a week of charity events like organised by the students. Yeah. And we, things like I that. Mean, we had like events. The closest thing I can think of is just like the mood on a home clothes day. We called them tag day. Yeah. Like uh, this is again school well, we <laughs> school uniforms. Or we had, when you had to have a school uniform, you'd have like own clothes day or tag day or there'd be a various charity and you'd like pay fifty P and they, sometimes sometimes you would like pay 50p and um the money would go to charity yeah um but you could just the the mood was a bit different those days yeah um and like we had like inter school sports and things like that but it was never a big thing due to the nature of our podcast when you said spirit week i thought i had something to do with spirit day yeah um so and i was thinking oh my god is there like schools that do a whole like their own pride it week should be that would that, be amazing that would be so amazing um, but it turns out like i don't know of a lot i i still i've seen spider-man homecoming i still don't <laughs> quite know what homecoming is and Mm-mm. so many people have explained to me what they are and i'm just like still don't, don't really get it i don't know it just sounds like They've turned something into having a different prom at a different time of year. Yeah, no, I don't get um, it. I don't get it. But, you know. Okay. Do you want to uh, have Speaking a... of homecoming, I could get us a spiked beverage. Is it break time? <laughs> it's break time. Oh! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yay, quickly! Lunch! <laughs> uh. Welcome to the lunch break. Do you have your juice and biscuits? Did we? Ha- I had juice and biscuits. No. We called. We had a break earlier before. Yeah, we lunch. had this morning break. Morning break. It was called juice and biscuits. Yeah. Maybe it was. We had twenty minutes running around the playground screaming. <laughs> um, I started a trend that you could have apple juice or orange juice, and I started a trend of a little bit of both, please. Which was disgusting, but, but the fact of me asking that you was break just, down those boundaries. I was like, you oh destroy my God. that binary. Yeah. Anyway, Are you an orange juice or an apple juice person? Both, baby. <laughs> I'm apple, apple and ju- mango. Oh, anyway. anyway, anyway, thank you for listening <laughs> uh, <laughs> to this hot mess of an episode. <laughs> um, whether you're off sick at home watching daytime TV or you're secretly listening in your earbud in a boring physics lesson, we're trying to keep the school theme. It's pretty tough. We haven't been for ten or more years. Twenty. Twenty. Oh, God, maybe no. it is. No, it's ten years since I graduated university. Yeah. We haven't been for a while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and for sending us the questions. Yep. And, as always, recently, this week's episode <laughs> is sponsored by Beastly Beverages. 
fandom and fantasy, luxury hand-blended loose tea and tea-related geeky paraphernalia. The business is queer-owned, all ingredients are organic, fairly traded and almost all the products are suitable for vegans. Now, Hamish, I could offer you uh, a mug of the Alice in Wonderland tea. Oof. I could offer you ooh, uh, the X-Files tea. <gasps> or I could give you what's in this box. The box! The box! <laughs> I <laughs> must know! <laughs> uh, we've mentioned it before, but yes, BC Rarer just started mystery boxes. They start at £5, they go all the way up to £100. If you're undecided about what flavours you like, or if you like everything on the website. Or you just like a surprise. Also, if you want to give someone a surprise that you don't know what they like, and then Mm -hmm. you kind of uh, get rid of any pressure about buying them a tea they don't like. If you want the excuse to quote Seven and go, what's in the box? (laughs) Um, You can buy mystery boxes from the BC Rarers website. Uh, I'm sure they have teas. I don't know if they have other little. I know much. they have other things. Other I, I, things, I saw yes. an unwrapped one on um, the Beastie Be- uh, the Beastie Beverages Instagram. Like Ooh. somebody was exploring the innards of their mystery box, <laughs> and there were all kinds of cool things in there. And I was like, man, I want to get me a mystery box. We need. I need to talk to Beastie Beverages about some like sponsorship privileges. Yeah, our supplies. I thought we'd be getting a lifetime supply of. Yeah. No, we, we don't think that. Please don't think. <laughs> We don't think that. We're very sorry, but double B. Um, if you want a mystery box or any of the other products, you can go to beastlybeverages.com. They've got a Patreon, a Facebook, a Tumblr, a Twitter, and the aforementioned Instagram. And if you use the sponsor code BEVERAGEBEAST... All one word, capital Bs. <laughs> you can get free shipping when you spend £20 or more. And they ship worldwide, so wherever it's also you are. very easy to spend £20 or more. Yeah. That sounds quite high, but, like... It's not When hard. you start, <laughs> it's quite hard to stop. Yeah. And once again, that is Beverage Beast. Or one word, capital B's. Um, I fancy a Mr. T. (laughs) I need to start writing these in... Maybe you should start Uh, writing these in advance. I'll tell you what. Basically, Beverages needs to come up with a actual slogan, or I'm going to just keep ripping this segment apart at the end. Beastly Beverages, they feel good in your mouth. Beastly Beverages, I'm loving it. (laughs) Sounds familiar. Catchy. (laughs) Finger licking good. Mm. Scolding. (laughs) (laughs) I think that we should uh, get back to lessons. Yeah, we're late. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we have um, another question from the Facebook Facebook group. You are delivering. Thank you so much. Um, Amar who we met yes we at, met at Nine Worlds I very unfortunately didn't connect but I've already apologised in person <laughs> not yeah. in person over the internet I uh, didn't really connect who we were meeting yeah but, um, you know, Amar I met at a McElroy yes. meet up as well which I didn't connect when speaking to him at <laughs> Nine Worlds either <laughs> he was in a very cool uh, MS, uh, MST 3K yes, cosplay yes. Um, um, but he asked us um what animated or kids shows from today do you wish had been around when you were still in school? Uh, I think I'd have had a better grasp of my identity as well as been more empathetic if shows like Steven Universe or Adventure Time had been around when I was younger. I mean, those are good examples. Those are excellent examples. Your Amber's child. My niece. Your niece. <laughs> yeah, my, my niece Kyra, yes. Doing the show is great, but also it makes me so scared to ever gender anything. <laughs> uh, Which isn't a bad thing. No, no, it's a good yeah, place no, to be uh, in. Kyra uses she, her pronouns. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
you have a little bit more access to a child currently watching current cartoons. Yes. Because I'm I'm trying mm. to make cartoons, but I don't know anyone yeah. actually watching um, them. Yeah, the one, Kyra loves Steven Universe and Adventure Time. She's also a really big fan of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Mm. Um, like, she's watched all of those. Oh, cool. So do you think it's, uh, shaping and helping? I definitely think so. Like, um, for starters, I, as well as, as well as me, Mm -hmm. um, but like Steven Universe was a a really good example, uh, for her to understand about like gender neutral pronouns. Yeah. I mean, things like that. Like in Kyra's life, there are no, uh, obviously queer couples like uh, among the adults. Yeah. Um, just because that's how it goes sometimes. Um, but I think for her seeing that, she doesn't question things. She's just like, oh, yeah, some people are the same gender who who love each And she knows that Ruby and Sapphire love each other very much, and that's mm. how Garnet is a thing. I think they're useful. Sorry, I- that's how Garnet is a person. <laughs> I, but I think um, maybe kids don't pick up on, like, the same way reasons why we cry while watching these shows. Mm. But one thing I think Steven Universe is doing very well yeah. is pushing the idea on kids that there isn't a right way to be a boy and a girl. Yes, and, definitely. Uh, or either or neither. Um, and I think Adventure Time is the same thing. Yeah, I think they... Uh, when I think about the shows I watched as a kid, and I love the shows I watched, but um, the fact that like Finn and Jake are very close and mm-hmm. um they sort of like hold hands and yeah. they're very affectionate towards each other way Stephen it's never like a story decision like you can't wear yeah. that and perform on stage singing that and you mm. can't be like that you can't cry yeah. Steve, Stephen's never been told you, you don't cry. don't cry and that's like one of the yeah one of the beautiful things about Stephen yeah um I I'm, now I'm just wondering like cuz when I think about sort of the kids shows and the cartoons that particularly stick with me things like Hey Arnold mm. and Recess imagine what it'd been like to and also not to say that Recess and like Hey Arnold, I I saw the little short clip they released for the Hey Arnold movie and my heart just mm. swelled I was so excited but I think there was always a lot of good work going on. Yeah. And it's just, I think now that society's catching up a bit, people are taking that good foundation. Like, what's great is it's people of mine and Hamish's generation are making the cartoons now. Yeah. And we grew up on this great diet of these amazing cartoons mm-hmm. where people were doing really good work, but perhaps were boxed in by society at the time. And now we have the reins. We are the Hamish is fucking making stuff now. Trying to. It's cool. on the show I'm working on heavily. We had a uh, the the only time I've kind of stood up and told everyone to shut up. Let me talk for a second in a meeting. Yeah, was a few weeks ago when talking about LGBT representation in the show, and everyone around the table was saying, "Yeah, we should definitely include it." Blah blah blah. But also just saying all the things I've heard a million, million times, times before. Yeah. And so I gave everyone just like a brief one oh one one on representation in cartoons. Yeah. And how to talk about this stuff. Um, and I'm really excited. That's the, so cool. I don't know how much I've said or what I'm allowed to say. Yeah. But the people I'm making it with have a legal obligation to represent the public. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and people watching. So if you suggest something should be in it, mm. everyone has to kind of go, mm, yeah, okay, right. It has mm. to be. But yeah, um, not also, but yeah, the, I just think shows are generally better now. But 
I do think, like, for example, and I'm just thinking that Hey Arnold and Recess, they were really good about, like, a diverse cast. Uh, Kids Next Door. I loved Codenames Kid. I'd like to put out, I was slightly older than the, maybe the target audience, but Codename Kids Next Door was a great cartoon. But these were The diverse. 90s was, like... Mm. Diversity with an exclamation mark. And I had people took the piss a lot because they was like, what is it, the the McDonald logo? Like, he's like, but that's what society looks like. Yesterday, I went on a very strange YouTube journey of basically watching every 90s Michael Jackson video. And so all of them are just like people around the world holding hands and like mm. cut to people of every single race that we can get. Mm. And but yeah, I, I think it's like, because I always get like. I mean, laugh, that's a good thing, by the yeah, way. Yeah. I always laugh at those people just like, oh, the future liberals won is like a queer Muslim wo- woman of colour in a wheelchair is representation. It's like, yeah. I've never what? seen that character before. Why Why are you saying that's a bad thing? <sighs> I mean, I've I've seen five white guys called Chris, <laughs> like, hell of a franchise. Uh, I don't need. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see that character. Yeah. Um, so yes, I really wish I'd had Stephen Universe when I was younger. Yeah, I do think cartoons have always been subversive since yes. the very start. Like, mm-hmm. I watched the Donald Duck, mm. the kind of slightly infamous Donald Duck Nazi yeah. thing. I think there's something about animation as a genre that attracts people that want to be subversive. Yeah, I mean, what I was just saying is that even when like Disney mm. was hired to make propaganda, yeah, the film is still hilarious mm. and so kind of like ahead of its time like you basically there's this cartoon of Donald Duck and he's like yeah. saying hell Hitler a lot and it seems like oof yeah. but if you watch it it's a mm-hmm. hilariously like smart kind of way of tackling that horrible subject mm. and saying like it's all about kind of brainwashing yeah. and whatever but yeah I, I think correct me if I'm wrong here um, animation takes a long time to do. That's not what I need correcting on. I'm aware of animation as a, a time-consuming process. Mm-hmm. You have to care about the stories that you're telling to fucking keep your enthusiasm up, surely, like, to go yeah. in. So I think people that want to show things, that want to tell things, you wouldn't go into uh, animation and cartoons if you've got a quick story to tell. Yeah, it's I not mean, a flat because you have a flash in the pan input. It takes time and effort to make a cartoon. Yeah, I mean the Snow White nowadays seems very traditional and but it's beautiful. It's beautiful and just the the nature of the characters of the dwarves and mm. um, all of that stuff is subversive yeah. in its own small way. And I think animation was always trying to justify its existence and yeah. fight for respect. Mm-hmm. And I think it's often gone above and beyond and done things like even, even though Steven universe, you know, doesn't say certain words yet. Yeah. It, it's had a fucking episode about Pearl nervous to ask a girl out on a yeah. date and everyone pressuring her to do it. Or supporting, supporting her. Supporting her. And yeah, that's good. It was so not. Uh, yeah. Every, every, every time I think Steven universe has got its queerest. Yeah. Oh, is it the Crystal cast? I feel like we should give a shout out to them. The Crystal Clog cast. Yeah, because that's is it all queer ladies? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. um they, they they're doing great stuff. Like, that's, that's Laura K that's Laura Dale and uh I don't know Mia's full name, but I'll meet God on, on Twitter and they're lovely. They're so lovely. I've listened to a lot of it. I 
I partially stopped because I was so frustrated that I wasn't involved in the discussion. <laughs> because not because I wanted to talk over it, yeah, anything, but, but you just like to join in the discussion. I'm seeing, I'm hearing three people talk about how much they love Steven Universe and how much the queerness is great, and I'm just like, I want to, I want to join in. I did want to maybe ask one of them on if we do a Steven Universe episode. Most definitely. Um, so. Hit anyway, you anyway. got us talking about Steven Universe. And yeah, that that, that that's one stop. of the best kinds of. <laughs> po- uh, Shayna on the Facebook group asked, uh, "Did we have a GSA, uh, a Gay Straight Alliance, uh, LGBT club, or the like in school? If so, what was your experience?" Not until university. Not until university. No. And not great. Amusingly enough, Hamish and I went to the same university. Yeah, a few years apart. Technically, the same. Society, yeah, um, but under very different rule, I'm sure. Yeah, um, I went to one meetup. Um, I think this was when I was a fresher, and I think somebody gave me. Uh, I felt very questioned about because uh, I commented that I'd gotten baptized a couple of years before, and they got in. They got into a very detailed discussion with me about how I could reconcile being queer with being a person of faith. Mm. Which is not necessarily where I am as a person anymore, but still really fucking bothered me. Yeah. And I don't think I went back to another another one. I went to one. Yeah. Got annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Mel became a chairperson of the yeah. group, went back a couple of times my second year. Yeah. But I think Mel stopped going yeah. as well. Um, and then my third year, I went fairly often. Yeah. Was still annoyed half the time. Yep. But I was a bit starved and yeah. desperate. I um, think, one, I think, this is something I, I tend to see more in high schools in America, like GSA groups, which is great. And I think they're really useful, especially for people still in the closet. And this is something we've talked about before. Yeah. I. Not every ally is in the closet, but... but. There's a benefit to not shutting out allies. I get very frustrated with online arguments where they can only be won by outing yourself. Yeah. Um, when people say, yeah, well, I'm blank, 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 so I've experienced this. And you don't... Maybe someone's not ready to talk yeah. about these things. And I think a gay straight alliance is a, mm. actually quite a good idea in terms of yeah, not outing yourself by mm-hmm. being part of it. But yeah, I think a lot of LGBT clubs run into similar problems and I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush but the same problems that we have with pride is that it can get very dominated by straight not straight sorry force of habit but uh, <laughs> or white cis gay guys yeah like me like uh, what I didn't want to say <laughs> no but that is a problem I went it very frustrated me that the LGBT society wasn't really anything. It was just a group of people you know could go to the club with. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. That's needed, maybe. But I, I thought it would be a bit more of a support thing and we'd actually talk about stuff and we'd try and make some differences. But yeah. there was a sort of... I think because it's run by the, you know... The students. Yeah. There's a certain, well, now that I'm in charge, my opinions and all of these things yeah. are the things that matter and my interests mm. and my preferences. Yeah, I, I think, especially once you're at university, I think it's probably different if it's in your high school because you normally have to have like a staff supervisor and things like that, yeah. which can help. But 
I think it's very much depends on who the people involved. As with anything, it depends on who's running. I do think they're a good idea. I think they're great. Mm. I think it's easy for them to maybe get very shrewd towards one perspective. I keep using shrewd a lot. I like <laughs> saying it. But I wish there had been one at my secondary school. Oh, yeah. So much. Um, I wish there had been somebody a year older than me, two years older than me, who I could talk to. Yeah. So I, I think they're great. When I did my talks, I'd yeah. always say, uh, oh, yeah, come up and talk to me afterwards if you want to. And no one did. Mm. But I'd usually get an email a week later yeah. or something. It's um, about opening those lines of communication. Yeah. I think I think that there should maybe be a kind of a, a, an email helpline or something in a school. Or yeah, that would be cool. Something like that. Um, and if you're in a position to, if your school doesn't have one, try it. I'd say if you can, speak to a member of staff you trust and try and start one. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just like an online forum. Yeah. Because those are also easy if you get like people in there trolling to cause shit, you can then block yeah. and things like that. I th- One of the things that really frustrated me is if you're getting, well, this is more to do with the next question, I think. Yeah. Um, from Luther. How do I deal with the two losers who shout batty boy at me in the hall? Um, it's very... Hu- obviously, all bullying's bad. And I got a friend who was horribly bullied. Yeah. And got really annoyed a few years ago when there was this big don't bully people for being gay thing. Because he was saying, don't bully people. Yeah. Um, but it's very hard if you're being bullied for something in your identity that you might not out about yeah to then go to a teacher and say they're bullying me because of this because that's outing yourself yeah um it's sometimes easier it seems yeah to ignore it's happening yeah i mean as somebody that dealt very badly with being bullied and that i just kind of shut down and didn't talk to people about it <sighs> what advice can we give um i think one of the ways in which things have got better mm. is knowing that they are 100% in the wrong. Yes. They are. I also hate how unimaginative a lot of these slurs are. Yeah. I mean, often they're just saying something about you that you mm. should be quite happy about. You're like, yeah. yeah. Also, it's one of those things like we went, we, I don't know, I think it's probably, it is still happening where it there was such a pre- like prevalence of people just going oh you're so fucking gay that's so mm. gay that's so where gay became synonymous with stupid or pathetic or uncool and it's just like like seriously like what the, when the height of insults is you're such a fucking gay lord it's just like um okay yeah, and that doesn't mean I'm trying to dismiss it as not being hard to hear because it like, especially if you're if you're closeted or you're still coming to terms with that part so to have somebody then throw that in your face when you're already feeling so vulnerable or exposed about a part of yourself and to have somebody shine a spotlight on that Mm. that's horrible the thing that when i (laughs) i don't really hold my partner's hand in public yeah um the few times when i've been close to or done it for a few seconds Mm. Um, the thing that's got me through is thinking, well, if they horrib- if I get horribly beaten up or killed, I know that I'm still in the right. 
Yeah. That's not what I'm saying is going to happen. Yeah. But in a smaller sense, if someone's shouting something horrible to you, it says so much more about them. And Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily... It's just like, well, at least I get to be superior in this Yeah, moment. I mean... It, I would, I mean, I would always say in these kind of things, talk to a teacher, and that's yeah. very hard. Um, there's sometimes counselors or even like a nurse or someone in the school that might be able to put you in touch with something, or if there's yeah. an email or something, mm-hmm. because that's the thing, they're in the wrong, yeah. and teachers should know very much that this doesn't, uh, this won't go further than them. Yeah. It's not like parents need to know yeah. or whatever, but. Yeah, the the deeply sarcastic part of me that is always braver in theory than I am in context would say, like, trying to come up with a witchy rejoinder to Betty Boy, just, like, swing away. But that's not a helpful thing for me to say and is significantly easier said than done. Um, But, yeah, maybe take solace in the fact that, yeah, they're in the wrong. They couldn't come up with something smarter to say than fucking... I haven't heard somebody call somebody a batty boy in years. I thought that had really fallen out of... Yeah, I googled that to make sure what it was. I'd never really heard that. But I wonder if, because Mm. when I was was at school, words like gay and queer were the ones people used. Yeah. If people know they can't say that... They come up with... They find if people are using older things now or... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I had all plethora of creative terminology also Mm. i feel that this is a thing where um gay guys get i think a worse i don't want a worse time of it because i don't like to quantify things but there there always seem to be so many more colorful insults to fling at gay guys there's a there's a different i won't say better or worse but there's a difference between it's all about not being seen as masculine yes and toxic masculinity and yeah and Um, the connotations of that and I think maybe there's a slight difference. I get so I, the thing that really mm. bothers me yeah. a lot is I'm gay, but sometimes people bond over me over bigotry towards other parts of the queer community. So sometimes people think that I'm gay, but they can still make transphobic jokes in my presence, and I mm. won't care. Um, it's happened on an animation project I'm working on where they someone kept using the t-slur yeah and they were the head of the production the big person then like yeah whatever and i got so annoyed mm. um at on my foundation art course we went to just like a year before i did uni yeah um we went on a school trip and a girl who was my friend who knew i was gay was trying to bond with me over the fact that she was scared that she was sharing a room with someone she thought might have same-sex attraction to girls. And she's like, oh, I'm so, that's going to be so gross. And I was yeah. like... Let me just re- re- reiterate very clearly, despite what I just said about, like, maybe gay... Um, girls can be horrifyingly homophobic. Do not let us ever state <laughs> that this is just something straight guys do. But the thing is, I find, I think it, it, the, the kind of, that was the first time I kind of really realized about like lesbophobia from yeah. other women. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Cause I think it's, everyone has that like fear of the changing rooms and the yes. fear of being yeah. seen or whatever, like kind mm-hmm. of pre- fear of the predator. Yeah. You get it now. I think that's the fear that comes with the whole bathroom thing where it's like, yeah, I don't think a trans person has ever 
like yeah attack someone in the, in the you know People they're the one they're the ones at risk if I, if yeah. at all um what even question are we on? We are, yeah, that was <laughs> We're just our own gripes about it. Basically, that really fucking sucks, and I'm really sorry that's happened yeah, to you. Yeah, and um, speak to somebody if you can, and in your head until you can, just like, was that really the most creative thing they can come up with? And yeah. they're wrong. Yeah. They are wrong. Mm-hmm. And remind yourself of that. Who you are is not a thing to be ashamed of, and they're assholes. Yeah. I know, sorry, sort of on it, but like, I do know that straight people get homophobic bullying. Yeah. And it's to do with that whole masculinity and that. Mm. I don't think the person that my friend was scared of was mm. in any way. Yeah. I think they were straight. Yeah. Um, but it's like, oh, you have the wrong haircut. Now I'm scared of you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. It's also that whole thing just like being a, a gay guy or a gay girl or queer, any flavour of queer is seen as something is less and that's why it's used as an insult even by people who say it's somebody who they think is straight. They don't might not think that person is gay but they're going to use that insult. But that's why I'm only sensing that because talking to someone doesn't instantly out you. Yeah. Um, we got an anonymous question mm-hmm. saying, what would be your favourite lesson at Hogwarts? Ooh. Hmm. Good question. I feel like... Um, Astrology could be interesting with magical stuff because I, I actually quite like like stars and stuff like that, but I was never massively good at science. I want to say like maybe care of magical creatures because then magical creatures. <laughs> um, but trans... Uh, not transmutation. d d nerd. Transfiguration. Mm. But also charms has got lots of useful stuff for day-to-day life. There's lots. I think mine is history of magic. Ah. I get. I did. Could not relate when they say, mm. "Oh, it's so boring." You're being taught by a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, you like ghosts. I like ghosts, but like, oh. I want to know the history of this world I've just found out exists. I tell you what. Well, what I forget exactly what it's called. Basically, wizard maths. The the runemancy one. I think. Oh it is. yeah. That sounds really cool to me. No, it does not sound cool to me. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so really, I would just lose my shit if I was going to Hogwarts. Let me not be wrong. Well, in like some everyone ways. would be Hermione. Like, if yeah, I found I'd out learn there was another world, yeah. I would read everything I could. And Harry's just kind of like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, this is a cool. This anonymous listener asked us, and this is really cool given what we were talking about earlier. Have you ever thought about teaching? If so, what age group and what subjects? Hamish, given that you got back from a thing where you were teaching. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit... Nowadays, I would say art because I—that's where I can. Mm-hmm. But in a way, I think there's probably something a bit more useful because my art—it's so I can teach people how to use a computer. So maybe some kind of computer lesson or Photoshop or something. Oh, I'd probably cool. go back to university. Yeah, um, that's where I think I can be most helpful. Yeah. Um, that said, I think in another life I'm. Uh, like adorable primary school teacher with the you guitar. You would be and, like, the best primary time. school teacher. Oh, I, I man. think I think that. Uh, I actually seriously considered going into teaching. Um, cool. At the end of my second year of university, I was fairly certain I wanted to be a teacher, so I looked into volunteering at a couple of schools, mm-hmm. um, and I did a six-week volunteer placement, and decided that I was in no way, shape, or form emotionally ready to be a teacher and so I put that sort of thought aside but um, I would teach drama yes <laughs> of, I want to say 
obviously, but you guys maybe listening don't know. My, well, no, I have talked about theatre a few times mm. on the podcast. Um, I'd want to teach drama and I would want to teach older kids like sixth form. Like people, the thing about drama is if you're being forced to do drama, it's bad. People that want to do drama and are choosing it not because it's a DOS option, but because they're interested yeah. in theatre. So yeah, I wouldn't I like teaching drama at like a, a college, like a community college or something like that. That I would enjoy. I've talked before about having a regret about not pursuing drama mm. because I think my drama classes were being taught for people who didn't give a Shit. crap. So it was all just kind of games and things and I really wanted to get a script and I really wanted to Mm -hmm. I don't know do everything I wanted to do but that was reserved for the sick form yeah and whatever but yeah um drama to older to to older students when you said about not being emotionally ready yes that's something I felt in Latvia yeah because there was someone I I hadn't quite realized that even though these weren't really kids yeah um when you're a teacher, you also have to be a kind of care, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say carer. Um, well, no, you you are. It's like pastoral care. Part yeah. of your job as a teacher is Someone, you're an emotional guardian of these pe- of these students. We found out it was one of their birthdays. Mm. And so we had made a, a kind of, oh, that's exciting. We'll make a card and we'll mm. get a cake and things like that. And they came in. And I was like, oh, that doesn't look like someone who has whose who mm. birthday it is. And we said, are you okay? And we just went like, oh, I've just had one of the worst mornings of my life. Mm. And like, I am I realised I'm not good yeah. at deciding when you ask further and yeah. when you do, you give mm-hmm. them space. I just don't think I'm very good for that. Yeah. Um, Shout out again to those awesome teachers that we've... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Um, that's that's what I would do. I look in many ways like a drama teacher. <laughs> I look, yeah, if the aesthetic was part of it, I have drama teacher down. I have a couple of outfits that are so drama teachers. When I think so of drama, drama teacher, though, I think of black turtleneck, black trousers, black shoes, black everything. I have that too. Do you? Oh, I have a full, like, beatnik drama teacher. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's sort of like a vaguely flowy top over something, a colourful, long thing. It's a bit art teacher. A bit. a bit like never-ending supply of small little bean bags mm-hmm. to put on people's heads. And uh, I, f- I feel I would have a prop skull. <laughs> just because everyone should get to go, alas, poor Yorick, I knew him Horatio at least once. Um, actually, the the close I came to drama was in English. We had a teacher who was really cool, and we uh, did Shakespeare properly, and nice. we like, pushed all the tables to the side, and we all took roles. And Most of my favourite teachers have been English teachers, definitely. There's something about an English teacher. Mm-hmm. They, I oh, think English is one of those subjects that you can get to be very passionate about. And sharing it in Recent, the same, same way that the drama does. Recently, there's been news about the all-female Lord of the Flies. Oh! And the thing is, it took me a while to understand why people are mad, because I had an English teacher who had written an all-female Lord of the Flies. However, she was like a queer feminist, yeah. like, always wearing ponchos yeah. type person. And her story was... I think the problem was they want to do the plot of Lord of the Flies, but with, with girls. Yeah. Whereas hers was, if it was all girls, things would go very differently. There's still death and there's still conflict, but, but it happens in a really interesting, different way. And it's yeah. because she, like, went was in a nunnery and yeah. like has taught in all girls' schools, and she really yeah. understands. Here's the thing though about 
women writing stories about yep. women. Yeah. As opposed to two men thinking they can write, take a story about <laughs> that's about, as stated by the author, about reflecting fucking patriarchy and yeah. a very sp- specific set of English society. Her, her version was to help us better understand the original yeah. and how gender was a big part of it. Yeah. My favourite tweet was, I can't wait for the moment when Piggy loses her glasses and she becomes so fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, oh, wow. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, anyway, I wanted to end this with, this was an email I don't think was related to our call for questions. It was really mm-hmm. long. I'm not going to read it out because a lot of it's directed at us personally, but it they were buried in it with some fun little nuggets. Um, it's from Trey. Um, one was directed at me, which is, I've never seen a Godzilla film. Should I start with the sub of the original 1954 original, or is there a place, better place to start? That's a really good option. I want to just say that the Godzilla franchise is, there's like genres, every single genre is tater for. There's like space opera ones, there's espionage ones, there's horror ones, there's comedy ones, there's fantasy ones. It's just... There isn't a genre which is kaiju movies. There's just kaiju in different genre films. So that's a good a place to start, but it doesn't make you understand the rest of the franchise. Yeah. Um, you might have just missed the run of the latest one, Shin Godzilla in the cinema. That's also a great place to start, but it's, again, doesn't clue you into what the rest of the franchise is like. Yeah. That's basically the thick of it as a kaiju film. Uh-huh. It's this weird political satire, yet the entire film is board meetings, and it's oh, right. really funny and satirical and also horrifying and weird and depressing, and it's great. Yeah. You can pretty much start with any of them. Just know that whatever one you watch is not what a Godzilla film is. Yeah. That's my thing. Okay. There was also... I have to shut my laptop, so it's dying. <laughs> and my... I didn't bring the plug up. Uh, there is another question. Um, can you recommend any media, either fictional or non-fictional, by queer creators about realising that your feelings for someone are more than just a close friendship, especially in a place or time without any queer role models or community acknowledgement of queerness? Oh! I think this email, from what I read, is from a cishet listener. Okay. Which is... Cool. Cool and thing. And surprising. Uh, no, it's really nice to know that we're not push, like pushing yeah. people away with what we're saying. Um, so I think this is a genuine question from writing their own work. Okay. No. The only one that comes to mind is uh, But I'm a Cheerleader. I do love But I'm a Cheerleader. Um, That's true. I, I really need to consume more media. This might be one that uh, we put... I might put this question on our facebook group so mm-hmm. other people can come in maybe with stuff that really resonated with them as well um because i'm genuinely struggling to to think of an example yeah my i have a real problem of watching stuff by queer people for queer people and being instantly annoyed that it doesn't yeah. like fully represent me in every single way and that they did the one they said the one bad thing yeah. where I'll watch season after season of horrible horrible yeah. <laughs> trash this is interesting when we were talking about critiquing what queer last episode yeah so like lot, two episodes ago like for, like for example something like Queer as Folk was really important to a lot of people yet I consider it the thing that pushed me back in the closet for a mm. couple of years and really like upset me yeah um what I will say, I think, in answer to, to Trey's question here, is I think that's a narrative you do see a lot when maybe being explicitly queer isn't an option. 
I think that's a narrative device we see quite a lot. It's just like somebody realising that and often it's sort of restricted by the narratives that they're in. Like mm. often it'll be a subplot in something bigger. Oh, I'm being so bad at answering this question. Shit. I don't really know. But that's because these stories don't get told very much. That's true. Um, I'll, I'll move on to the next question. I am going to reply to this email in text form as well, because there's a lot of other stuff to talk about in the email. Uh, one of them is, do you, do either of you have any memories of encountering openly queer people before you were out yourselves and what kind of emotions that sparked? Uh, this was uh, interesting. That It sort of ties back into that whole knowing you were queer and looking back thing. Yeah. Um, I mentioned a, a PE teacher, Miss Lewis, who was my form tutor for a couple of years. I think that's maybe one of the clearer examples I can think of. Right now, though, all I'm thinking about is Ring of Keys from the Fun Home Musical. And the what? The song Ring of Keys. Have you from not? What? From Fun Home, the musical. Never heard of that. You're a terrible queer person. Get out of the studio. You've never mentioned it in 32 episodes. Fun of... Home, the one that's based on the comic by Alan Alison Beckdale of the Beckdale Test. Never heard of it. Right, I'm showing you afterwards. But in it, the um, whole musical. Yeah, it's about <laughs> it's uh, her, uh, it's about this girl growing up in a funeral home. Uh, she's a lesbian, and she finds out I think after her, her father was gay, mm-hmm. and things like that. And I, I haven't seen it because I don't think it's come out here yet. I don't think. I really fucking hope not, and that I've missed it. Um, but there's this song in it where uh, young Alison is in a diner with her dad and this butch woman comes in and she's just like, has this epiphany of, oh, this is this is you. You're like me. That's possible. And I am going to tear up thinking about it and every time I hear the song, I cry and I'll play it for Hamish when we're done. I sometimes think about when I did my talks at my school mm. and I made the conscious effort to be incredibly confident and yeah. not talk about anything negative in my life, really, mm-hmm. and how I might have been to someone, a kind of an example of someone yeah. who came from the very same school. Yeah. Sort of out and happy. Yeah. Um, and I'd always talk about, like, my mum and my yeah. dad and things like that. Um, I the My friend my my brother's flatmate who i mentioned earlier lou um who's uh animator and was a uh a kind of important i mentioned it on just instagram on a selfie he took i just went like yeah hey i uh you were very important to me when i was closeted and i didn't know what to do with my life and i came to visit you and i found out not only could you be out but you could do animation at university yeah um and i think he that touched Mm. him I will say a couple of people I remember meeting. Um, my second year at secondary school, I became friends with this girl, and I want to say her name is Emma or, or Louise. There were lots of Emmas and Louises in my mm. year, and she was very cool to me. She was in my year group, and she had, like, short dyed hair. And on, like, own clothes day, I remember really vividly her wearing a Barbie doll's leg on a chain around her neck and I thought she was the coolest person. My understanding is that she's since been, she's married to a guy with a baby but she felt so different to everybody yeah. and I felt drawn to her and looking back I wonder if it was that 
queerness I felt in her. I do know for a fact that when I hung out with her a lot on a residential trip to Wales, everyone told me you shouldn't hang out with her. She's a lesbian. And mm. I was like, being 12 years old, I was just like, I don't really know what that is and I don't fucking care. And I'm very proud of 12-year-old Jade mm. for being like, why would that be a reason I wouldn't want to spend time with somebody? So go past Jade, who didn't like to stand up to people. Um, but also at six one again, after I, I knew that I was queer, but making a friend, my first friend who was queer, mm. that, just seeing her happy in herself was amazing to me. Yeah. So yeah, I changed they... school to, like, my school didn't do a foundation course. So I did a year at college, which did the course, but lots of the people there had been there for a few years already doing yeah. A-levels. And um, I realised that my school was very uh, backwards. I couldn't think of a better word mm -hmm. in terms of that. But when I arrived there, there were loads of people that had been out for years. Yeah. And it was the first time I was in a school environment saying, oh, so I, you know, I'm gay. Yeah. And that was quite a different experience. Yeah. So I suppose that is the clearest thing. But... um. Check out the song Ring of Keys from Fun Home. I will. Now, I'm going to know you, Hamish, still going to be made to watch it when we're done recording this episode. Uh, there was one last thing in the email I wanted to say, which yeah. I didn't put on the document, so I don't think you've seen. No, if you haven't put it in the document, then I wouldn't have done um, So was, the question about Godzilla was to me. This isn't a question. It just says, Jade, I adore that you never say the word yes. You say, yes, yeah, yes, ye, yes. You never say it the same way twice, and I'm definitely be including a non-binary dragonborn in my campaign <gasps> I'm about to DM. I love that idea. And now that the balance arc is over, I think I'm going to start the um, penumbra. It sounds really cool. Hell yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> uh, oh. Were you aware of that? Um, uh, what? You're yesing. Not on any conscious level. <laughs> I like to do silly things with yeah. my voice. As uh, you guys may have noticed after 30-odd episodes. Oh, thank you, Trey. I'm now blushing a little bit. So that's it's a great cool. email. I keep saying it's really long, but it's just like... Yeah. Uh, Hamish is going to change the password because I forgot the password on our account. So <laughs> It is complicated. the worst. No, it's a it, very secure password. It's a very secure one. It, I mean, we can't even get in it yeah. half the time. Um, but that's... Thank you, Trey, for that email and for saying such lovely things. And like many of our No Box Vox Pops, I think this has run over. Yeah, once quite again. A lot. So um, we'll, uh, we'll uh, thank you guys. Uh, if you guys want to get in contact with us for our next No Box Vox Pop, that's not what. No Box Vox Pop. We're doing them whenever we feel like it now. Yeah. Um, but um, you can get in contact with us on our Facebook group, and that really is the best place, I think. Like, people joining all the time we are we're so grateful to the, the community that's building there you can message us on twitter um you can email us and it's all box not included yeah at gmail.com on yeah. twitter we have a tumblr but i'm i don't know what to do with it other than plonk the episodes yeah. on every yeah i'm bad with yeah but you can send us asks it's a good place to ask things anonymously yes um and also if you need to send a five paragraph email be yeah. our guest i just might not notice it until yeah. i go and check the uh, it's all good um you can also contact us individually yeah. on twitter oh i normally do that don't i um, i'm jade oxford rose i'm at tamish deal 
Um, we should thank our producer, who um, is away from Box Not Included headquarters, a.k.a. Jade's house. <laughs> um, uh, but set everything up the, the day before we recorded. So all I had to do was turn the computer on and it was ready to go. You were, of course, talking about Graham Waller. Audio of, uh, audio overlord and master of the Soundwaves, half of the synthwave duo Glitter Wolf. You can Wolf. I like it's spelt wolf. I like saying wolf like it's got a, a yeah. accent over the top. Uh, and you can find his work at grahamwaller.com and you can find Glitter Wolf's music on like uh, iTunes and Google Play. It's good. Um, Is that everything? But that's everything. That's the end of school. It's home time. It's home time. So- My favourite lesson. Ah! That was, the, that was the joke I did every single day. Um, I, I can believe it. Um, the bus is here. So until next time, I'm Jade Ox... I'm not Jade Oxford. That's my Twitter. I'm Jade Rose. I'm Hamish Steele. And don't let anybody box you in. Box, 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 box,